Welcome to Epilogues, a study of the weekly Haftarah. You are listening to Rabbi Yaakov Tramp. This week we are going to be looking at the Haftarah of Parshas Shlach Lecha. The topic of our Haftarah is the spies. Again. Our Haftarah comes from Yeshua, Perek Beis, Pasuk Aleph, Tuchov Dalet, a 24 Pesukim in total. question we get to ask, as we ask with every Haftarah, is why is this section drawn as the Haftarah for our Parsha? The answer should be obvious, but let's dive straight in. What is this all about? We hear about now, this is the very beginning of the conquest of the land of Israel. Yahshua has just come in and the first speech that he has given or is being given to him is one of strengthening. Hashem tells him, don't worry, don't fear, go forward, follow the Torah and conquer the land. And the first thing he does after telling everybody to gird their loins and get ready, he now sends off spies. He sends off two people, Shnei and he sends them off quietly and says, go and look at, this, at, the, at the land, but specifically not just the land, Yericho, the, the city of Jericho, and go and try to find out more about it. Where did they go? They went into the city and they stayed in the house of an Isha, Zona, a woman who's a Zona, and her name was Rachav. As they stay in, in her inn, in her place, people sensed that there were spies there, and the king was sent a search party to try to find where the spies were. At which point she takes them and she hides them or him, perhaps as a little bit of a strange pronoun, she hides them um, in her house and she claims that she has never met them. But she does say that she, she said that she heard that they had made their way to the dark and they were trying to escape. Um, in the meantime, they are, they are hiding the the search party goes out and tries to see if they can capture them because they think they have already moved out of the city and run towards the Jordan, which is to the east. So that's what happens. In the meantime, um, she then goes up and she describes to her um, guests what is really going on. And she explains that they know that the land will be given in the hands of the nation of Israel and that their hearts are melted because of the nation who are coming in. and. Um, she, she, she says the reason for this is because we heard about what happened on the Transjordan, the huge kingdoms, the Amorite kingdoms of Sichon and Og, which were destroyed by the nation of Israel, as described in the Torah in Parshas Chukas. Those, that really, we realized that we don't stand a chance, and that's why we are, we're, we're scared. We know that Hashem is on your side. She then makes a request to them. She asks them to take an oath that because I've harbored you and I have protected you, that please do me a kindness and save me and my family, she asks, when you come to destroy the city. And, um, and that's what happens, is they say to her, we, we are indebted to you. Um, and if you're going to keep the secret that we came over here, if you protect us in this way, then, um, we, then in fact, when we come and conquer, um, in the city, everybody who will be in your house, anybody who is in your house will be, uh, will be protected, but you need to hold, uh, put up a tikvas chut hashani, a red thread by this, win by this window, and then you and everybody who will be in the house will be saved. Anybody who is outside of this house, or if you tell anybody about this, then you are going to be doomed. And that's what, that, that's what happens. She, they take the oath. She lets them down. She, um, she has a, a, her apartment, her um, dwelling is in the wall of the city. It's a walled city. She allows them down through a rope out to the outside and and off they go. They wait in the meantime, waiting three days for the search party to look for them unsuccessfully and return. And then they come back and tell Yoshua the tidings of what is going on, what, what the spirit of the nation is 
as well, that um, giving the report that Rachel has given. A lot of very, very fascinating things to think about when it comes to our Haftorah. The first is, what does it mean that she is, Rachav is a Zona? is a zona. So the one understanding is that she is a lady of the la- the night. She is a prostitute um, and it is a place where people would frequent. So uh, therefore it is a place where lots of news abound. So travelers come, um, regular re- regular people in the city would be there and therefore they, they saw this is a, a good place to gather information. However, it could also be that, it, and this is uh, what what many, many Mephoshim say, is that she is an innkeeper and the word zona comes from the word zun, which means to s- sustain that she was um, able to, she shared an inn where she sustained people and that's why um, she was also a good source of information as well. It's worthwhile noting that in the um, ancient times in Egypt um, and in the surrounding countries, it was common that the inns were run by women. Just interesting historical uh, perspective as well. Another question which is also worthwhile noting, just on a technical level, is it says that she hid him on in, in in her house um, on the roof but there were two of them so how how was that she was hiding him so there's many answers to this but one very famous answer is that the two people who were sent over in, in, in on this mission was were Kalev and Pinchas they were the two spies so Kalev was the one who was hidden but Pinchas did not need hiding why did he not need hiding because he could make himself like a malach and could be invisible what does that mean precisely so the Abarbanel, um, the Al Sheikh, talk about this later on in Nach, where it describes that Pinchas Zehu Eliyahu, that Pinchas, in fact, is um, later on is is the personality of um, Eliyahu Hanavi. And Eliyahu, well, let's go back to the beginning. Pinchas was gifted with Brisi Shalom, this covenant of peace and Shalom, according to Sam Rashi quotes Sam is is a quote in Chazal is uh, the peace against the Malach. Which means to say that his physical reality was not as as prominent. It was very clear that he was more of a spiritual being than a physical being. That being the case, that's why he didn't deteriorate over time and he didn't die. Eliyahu never really died. Pinchas never really died. He ascended to heaven. That's why his physical reality was not as necessary. So like when it came to Eliyahu, Eliyahu spent 40 days in the desert um, going to find Hashem at Har Sinai. It's interesting that the, the eating was less of an issue for Eliyahu. Similarly, he was able to be invisible, as we see over here, because his physical expression was not as his, central to his being. Another question, which is also worthwhile noting in the Saftari, is how? What is this business about the red thread? Why? What is the the, the whole? Uh, how does it work exactly? The red thread helps anything. So Rashi says that really it's 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 a sign of what she used to do for her business of ill repute. Assuming that she was in fact a prostitute, you know, she would have a sign outside her door, which would be an indicator that uh, you know the the, the 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 business was open, and it would be a you know some sort of flag or or, or cloth by a window for people coming outside of the city. So she had a sort of a, an access point for those coming from the outside. So she's now using that same idea as a form of tshuva. So it's a process of of cleansing herself from that that business and that and that, that whole that whole episode in life. It's worthwhile noting later on that um, it is described later on the, that that ultimately she does convert to Judaism and in fact 
marries into into Klal Yisrael, and we see that that Klal Yisrael is the ultimate meritocracy. Achan, who comes from the greatest of tribes of Israel, which is Yehuda, is going to actually die and have his family get killed because of his bad actions. Rachav, who starts with bad actions, is able to be incorporated in Klal Yisrael because of her actions. Very much from meritocracy. It's also worthwhile noting, Rachaim Chaim Angel points out that this does sound very similar to what happened in Mitzrayim, where you have the blood on the lintel, which saved the nation of Israel, anybody who was in the house, the firstborns, from the death which was going through the Magaifa, which was going through Egypt on that night. It's almost as if this red sun is almost like a, um, a protection agency against the destruction which is going to be imminent on the city of Jericho as well. Now, the main question which is worthwhile asking on Harav Torah is, how in the world could he send spies? Yoshua was one of the spies in that very terrible mission, which was sent in Parsha Shlach, which is the reason why this is, of course, the Haftarah of our Parsha, and it didn't work out so well. And in fact, according to the Medrash, that Kalev is one of the spies. How could it be that the two spies who saw just how destructive this whole operation was could be the ones to, in fact, facilitate another operation of spies? doesn't seem to make sense at all. A lot of, a lot of um, um, observations which are made. The Ralbag says that there are two types of spies. There are delegations to decide, and then there are military, military spies to find the weakness and present a way to attack. He says the, the, the Shlach Lachar describes a delegation of, who, of people who felt that it was, it was a decision-making policy. So they said, well, are we going to go in? Should we decide we're going to listen to God? That was, the, that was what was in Shlach Lachar. Here yeah, it's not. It's a foregone conclusion. Of course we're attacking. The question just is, how can we find the military weakness over here in order to be able to do this? That's the way the Ralbag understands it. Expanding on this idea that Ababanel says, in fact, that there are four reasons why the Miraglim failed at the times of Moshe. Number one, he says, because um, uh, uh, at the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, it was a function of the people. The people, the mob wanted to send them. Over here, it was the leader's choice to send them. Um, in the second reason over there is is that the, it was a whole delegation of very respected people, and therefore their word would be would would sway the people much more. Over here, the people were picked by the the leader themselves. You are sure these are not people who are who are coming to persuade public opinion necessarily. The Bible does not go with Chazal's perspective that, that these two unnamed spies are Kalev and Benchas. Um, the third perspective, the third reason why it went wrong over here is is that um, um, all the descriptions that Yoshua gave, may, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu gave to, the, to them, were things as if they had the choice. What are the cities like? What are the trees? All those kind of things. Those, those are broader scope. Here it's much more military focused, and so therefore it's not about whether they're deciding or not. And finally, the fourth reason is... Um, um, is that everybody knew about Moshe Rabbeinu's spies. So therefore, it was a public mission. It was coming back to the people. Everybody felt that they had an opinion in this. Here, it was Becheresh Lemor. Yeshua sends these people as a military mission. They're not reporting to the people. This is a military operation. They're, repeat, they're reporting to the general. And therefore, this is the, the, because it was still a hate, it was not as public. It was actually safer in this way. It's worthwhile noting that, the, that, that the, what the Barbanel and the Albago are essentially saying is that this was meant to be a military operation. The problem in Shlach was that it it was not a military operation, it was almost as if it was a decision delegation. It's worthwhile knowing, noting the Gemara in Sotadaf, Rabbi Dalai Lama Beis, there's a little bit of a different take, and that is, is that first, initially, the spies would not have been necessary. What does that mean? It could have been, it should have been, that really, that, that the nation of Israel walked into the land of Israel. Bo'urushua uh, Sa'aretz means to say that they could have walked in without military conquest and everything would have been fine. 
Um, the fact that they decided to send the spies, now they were entered into what called Plan B, where military operation was necessary. So we are sure as spies, whereas a function of the failure of the first spies, because they said, well, we need to figure out the logistics, our Baruch says, well, you need to figure out the logistics. And that's uh, that's what's happening over here. So this is really what we'll call the Bidi Eved. It's interesting to note that this is the opposite perspective of what the Ababanel is saying, which is that really the, the appropriate thing would always have been the military option, and they didn't do that properly in Pasha Shlach, which is why it was is necessary to do it over here as well. Different perspectives and understanding this and perhaps the fuller perspective of why this is after Shlach. This is Miraglim 2.0 and how it is done in the correct way. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.